recite this uh, prayer together. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey your word that I hear today in Yeshua's name. So last week, Rabbi Michael uh, started our series, the three-week series entitled Escape from the Matrix, and his message entitled Living the Good Life? Question mark. So he introduced us to this series by helping us to see that a matrix is a system of control that seeks to influence our minds, our attitudes, and our actions. And he shared how the matrix that we live in today can be called the world system and that it tries to make mankind think that we are living a good life as it draws us farther away from God and the real life that we could have in him. He shared how this so-called good life is not good at all and that the uh, world system ignores eternity and is based on temporal realities uh, that focuses on things that might bring us instant gratification, but are empty and meaningless and void of God, and in light of eternity, fall far short. So I want to pick up where he left off in my message today, which is entitled, Unplug from the Matrix. So do we have our graphic there? We're able to get those in? All right. So Unplug from the Matrix. So if, like Rabbi Michael talked, the, you know, the title came from a movie disclaimer we saw it uh, cleaned up on TV but they were literally plugged into something in the back of their neck so that's why I chose this imagery here we want to encourage you to unplug from the world system so remember the video clip clip he showed last week Rabbi Michael where Neil was offered the blue pill or the red pill all right if he took the blue pill he would uh, remain in the good life that he was experiencing in the matrix the world system uh, and never question anything. However, if he took that blue pill, the red pill, thank you, he would hear the truth and learn the truth, and he would see what the world was really like. And Adonai wants each of us to know the truth. He wants us to break away from the world system and to live our lives in step with his kingdom principles. So I cannot stress enough how important it is uh, for us as believers to wake up, to wake up to what is going on in our world today. So Michael and I have shared on numerous occasions how we have this sense that people are just being lulled into this mindless acceptance of a, quote, good life uh, that is really the opposite of the abundant life that God wants us to walk in and that he promises to us. Friends, the world system is good at its propaganda okay yeah, yeah the world system is good at its propaganda engaging us on so many fronts as michael shared last week from entertainment to shopping from politics to government from ideologies to philosophies all ignore god and his word make no doubt about it this world system ignores God, and it ignores his word. And all of these are meant to desensitize us and get us to accept their version of life 
versus what is real in God's eyes. So we are bombarded, bombarded with images that promote lifestyles contrary to the truth of the Bible. And now many believers accept these lifestyles. Hello? And we have become desensitized because it's, you, you see, you can't turn on the TV. And, and again, my husband and I are not saying never watch TV or anything like that, but from commercials to shows and things, we are bombarded with ungodliness, lifestyles, habits, totally opposite of what God says in his words, and now they're accepted. Friends, I want to tell you, that's not good. I want to tell you, it's called compromise. And compromise has crept into the body of Messiah, that there are many congregations that embrace and accept lifestyles and habits contrary to what God says in his word. Again, Rabbi Michael aren't saying you can't watch TV anymore. Although you might need to monitor a little better and maybe cut back some. And we're not saying let's withdraw into our own little cocoon, all right? Just us four and no more. Because what does God tell us in his word? And Michael mentioned this last week. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. And friends, that is getting trickier and trickier to live in the day and age that we live in. My family joked when I was home last, last summer that maybe we should buy a, an island and all move there. We have a large family. And we're like, yeah, that would be great. And then one of my sisters, my sister's hairdresser said, I'll move there for, with you and <laughs> cut everyone's hair. But sometimes you feel like that. Let's just withdraw so we don't have to deal with the mess of the world system. But friends, that is not what God is calling us to do at all. That is not what he wants us to do. He wants us to wake up to the truth of what is happening in our world. We cannot afford to be lulled into sleep and acceptance of principles, lifestyles, and attitudes that are opposite of who God is and what he says in his word. Let's look at this scripture from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. So Rav Shaul says to this Kehilah at Ephesus, For you used to be darkness, but now, united with the Lord, you are light. Live like children of light. For the fruit of the light is in every kind of goodness, rightness, and truth. To try to determine what will please the Lord. Have nothing, have nothing to do with the deeds produced by darkness. That's the world system, friends. But instead, expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things these people do in secret. But everything exposed to the light is revered clearly for what it is, since everything revealed is a light. That is why it says, get up, sleeper, arise from the dead, and the Messiah will shine on you. We believe that Adonai wants to use this message series to wake us up and to stir us up to action, that th these statistics tell us why the body of Messiah needs to wake up. And thank you to Rena, who did a little research me, but listen to these statistic polls that were taken 
among believers. Friends, it is just a little frightening, and it should help us to see why we need to be alert and aware and unplugged from this world system. So one um, survey was done by a, a group called What Americans Believe. It's in a book, and it says, even those who claim to be born again are not necessarily firmly grounded in the truths of the Bible. So in his book, which provides a statistical analysis of religious beliefs in America, George Barna, and Barna does a lot of research in the religious community, cites several fascinating statistics which are based on the national survey. He states, the devil or Satan is not a living being, but is a symbol of evil. And then he asks a segment of his survey respondents who have identified themselves as born-again believers, do you agree strongly, agree somewhat, disagree somewhat, or disagree strongly with that statement? They replied, 32% agree strongly, 11% agree somewhat, and 5% did not know. So the total number responding, 48% either agree that Satan is only symbolic or didn't know. The next questions, he said, Christians, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, and others all pray to the same God, even though they use different names for that God. So they were asked the same thing. Strongly agree, disagree, agree somewhat, etc. So of the population surveyed who identified themselves as born again, 30% agreed strongly, 18% agreed somewhat, 12% did not know. And so that is a total of 60%. You can pray to anyone and call them whatever you want. That's the world system, right? That tells us, uh, you know, you're so narrow-minded. You think only through Yeshua? Yeah. I'm reading in Acts right now. That's one of the books I'm reading. And I was reading in, uh, I think it was chapter 4, there's no other name by which man can be saved but the name of Yeshua. But the good news, everyone can pray to the name of Yeshua. It's not exclusive, right? Another poll. 81% of the American people say they agree that an individual should arrive at his or her own religious belief independent of any congregation or synagogue. He says this is a key to the paradox that those who claim to be believers are arriving at faith on their own terms, terms that make no demands on behavior. So a woman named Sheila who was interviewed in this, uh, this guy's uh, uh, survey and things, she embodied this attitude as she said, I believe in God, she said, but I can't remember the last time I went to a congregation, but my faith has carried me a long way. It's called Sheilaism. Just my own little voice. Funny, but friends, that's, that's out there. And one last survey. An estimated 74% of Americans strongly agree that there is only one true God who is holy, perfect, and who created the world. And we exalted his name today. Amen. But an estimated 65% either strongly agree or somewhat agree with the assertion that there is no such thing as absolute truth. That's a disconnect. These statistics and many, many more tell us that believers have bought into the matrix, the world system. 
we have been so influenced by this system around us that we no longer hold to the absolute truth of God and of the Bible in our ideology and practices. We talked about this in our Wednesday night Bible study. And again, just a plug for that, come to the Bible study. You can catch it online, but there's nothing like being in person. Come upstairs, have a cup of coffee, and uh, have a little uh, study for an hour. But if you can't make it, you can join us online. But we were talking about one of the things that came up is how we like to lie to ourselves. And this is one of those areas where this is so true. We lie and say, it's not a big deal. It's okay if my friend wants to believe in Buddha. Who am I to, you know, you know, to, to challenge him? He's a good person. Or we have friends and family members, and we don't want up to upset them. All right? So we remain quiet about actions and choices and lifestyles that are made because we don't want to upset them. giving the impression that everything is hunky-dory with what they're doing. And friends, I'm not saying we go beat people over the head with the truth of the word of God, but friends, we cannot be silent. Trust me, my family, and some of them may be watching from Missouri, those who know God and those who don't know exactly where I stand. They know that I am a Bible-believing uh, follower of the one true God, of Israel and that I conduct my life and my beliefs according to what the Bible says. Once again, we are in the world but not of it. And there has to be, friends, there has to be a difference between you and me and the people in the world system. Yet for many, that's just not so because we're plugged into this matrix this world system that is void of God, the Bible, and absolute truth, and we have embraced it and we have loved it. Yochanan Aleph, 1 John 2, 5. What does God tell us through Yochanan here? Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. One writer shared this illustration. He says, you may have read that the Roman emperors appeased the Roman populace through the use of bread and circuses. They provided free food and entertainment, and that was enough to keep the Romans fat, dumb, and happy. We're not far from that, friends. Okay? Lulled, again, into being desensitized, and, and our conscience are not, you know, engaged in, in, in what we are seeing and hearing. And that's what our world system is doing to the people of God today. And as believers today, we need to unplug from the world system. So how do we do that? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give us four things to do. Number one is choose truth. And I'm picking up at the end of Rabbi Michael's message here. He shared the clip again of Neil last week being challenged uh, uh, to make the choice, red pill or blue pill. I don't have any red pill or blue pill to give to you today. But that red pill would expose him to the truth, and that is the choice he ma made. And friends, that is the choice that you and I need to make to break away from this world system while we still live in it. And as I said a minute ago, I know that is tricky and hard to do. 
Because we cannot make an impact on the world if we're not living in it. And we also cannot make an impact upon them if we are living by their same standards and their lifestyles and their philosophies. When you look at the men and women of the New Covenant and how they impacted their world with the good news of Yeshua, it was because they broke away from the religious institutions of their day, yet they were in it. So when Kepha and Yochanan heal the men by the gate, beautiful, what were they doing? Not a trick question. Going to the temple. They were still in it, but not of it. Do you see it? They were in it, but not of it. And friends, we had to be in this world, but not of it. They chose truth by accepting Yeshua as their Messiah and Savior and then living their lives as he would live. And that's what we need to do. All right? What would Yeshua do? If Yeshua was here on the earth today, what do you think he would do? Well, friends, that's how we need to live our lives. So one minister wrote this. You've been thoroughly indoctrinated to believe that the material universe is all that exists. That is false. There's a spiritual realm that exists all around us, and in this spiritual realm is where the battle, battle for our souls is, halt, is fought. That is the real fundamental truth of reality. You have a choice to make. The choice is hidden from you by the system as much as possible. The goal of the system is to build a false reality around you that is so complete and seamless that you make the wrong choice without even realizing there is another option. All right, and this is picking up. This minister did an article and a message related to the matrix as, as a, the object lesson as well. Neo didn't even know there was another uh, choice until Morpheus revealed it to him. And that's what we're supposed to be doing to the lost and dying around us, is revealing to them, hey, there's another choice than what you are doing right now. But when we're still connected to what they're connected to, it's hard to do. It's hard to do, friends. So this writer went on to say, there are two basic choices we can make. Choice one, rebellion. That is the state, the system around you guides you to through ignorance, through deception and argument philosophy, through ideology, through the appeal of pleasure, whatever the scheme is, it's all designed to deceive or manipulate you into embracing rebellion, rebellion against God, rebellion against the moral nature of the universe, and rebellion to what is actual, rebellion through redefining reality to suit our own desires. Hello? Redefining, you know what I mean, taking place in our world to suit their own desires. It's all rebellion against God and against his word. The second choice, the writer says, is the more difficult choice is loving the truth. Faithful trust in the moral imperative of the universe found in the Bible Embracing reality as it truly is, obedience to the truth, faith in the truth, allowing the intelligent designer of the universe, meaning God, to reshape you into a new being, declared morally perfect, guided towards perfect 
uh, moral perfection, to be made to be what humanity was originally meant to be, perfect, beautiful, creative agents in a flawless uh, universe. In other words, we were created in his image, right? Bereshit, that's another book I'm in. I'm in Bereshit. I'm reading four different books at the, in my devotions. So God created man in his image. And by embracing the truth of Yeshua as my Messiah, I have been born anew, and I am a new crea creation in him. And now I have to live as that new creation. So I have to choose the truth. There is absolute truth, friends. I don't care what the world tells you. I don't care what the school tells your children. And if you have children in school, from kindergarten through college, you'd better make sure you know what they are getting fed. It's not the same history lessons you and I had, those of you who are my age, which is young. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you can use my youth like the eagle, but trust me, it's not the same history book. Where are we going to find truth? In the Bible. The truth is found in the Bible and Yeshua. Yeshua said in Yochanan chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in chapter 17, verse 14, he says, as he's praying to his Father for his Talmudim and for you and me, set them apart for holiness by means of the truth. Your word is truth. Yeshua tells us, I'm the truth, and God's word is the truth. We must saturate our minds with the truth. The word is our plumb line for everything that we do and think in this world. Our relationship with Shua is key to walking in that truth, and Rabbi Michael is going to talk about that in the message next week as he concludes this series. But these two things are what we need to do. Even as we sung today, I only need you. All I need is you. All I need is you. And Yeshua in his presence has found everything. He guides us. He directs us. And he uses his word. I can tell you, God will never, ever tell you to do anything contrary to his word. And we shared this before in many messages. I remember someone uh, sharing how a person came and said, God told me to divorce my spouse. No, God didn't tell you that. How do I know that? Because God hates divorce. He, he ain't telling you to do that. God told me it's okay to, uh, to lie at work. No. God didn't tell you to do that. Ooh, it's a little quiet there. It's not my standard. It's the standard of his word, and I have to, to answer to that standard just like everyone else. We need to choose truth. It's his word. It's Yeshua. We share this a lot with the kids in Junior Shabbat. I think Kathy was the one who first uh, shared this when we were trying to help them to understand what truth is and how they can know truth. And we give them the uh, illustration of counterfeit money. And how are people trained to be able to recognize counterfeit bill? At least this is how it used to happen. 
the way they did that was by looking at the real money. They didn't study counterfeit money. They studied the real dollar bill, and they knew it backwards and forwards so that when a counterfeit bill came in front of them, immediately they knew that it was not true. So, friends, if we study the truth of God's word, this is why we encourage you, and we'll be doing a series coming up soon that will uh, connect on this. We encourage you to be in the word, to read the word, to memorize the word, to come to Bible studies, to hear the message, to take your notes, to live it out. Why? Because you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Not your version of the truth, not my version of the truth, but the truth that is in his Bible and that is in him. Friends, we have to choose truth or we will never break away from this system. And yes, sometimes that is hard when you have a loved one staring you in the face and saying, you mean dot, 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 fill in the blanks. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean exactly. We have to choose truth. By choosing God's way, no matter how hard or difficult it may be. The second thing, how can we break away from the matrix? How can we unplug? Second is to be diligent. So reading from Kephabet, 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 5 through 11. For this very reason, try your hardest. That word is be diligent. To furnish your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with perseverance, perseverance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For you have, if you have these qualities in abundance, they keep you from barren, being barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Indeed, whoever lacks them is blind, so short-sighted that he forgets that his past sins have been washed away, Therefore, brothers, try even harder, be more diligent, is what's there, to make your being uh, called and chosen a certainty. For if you keep doing this, you will never stumble. You see, if I walk in the truth, what, do you, what does he say, the psalmist? Thy word is what? Is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto... If I walk in the truth, I'm never going to stumble because the light is going to be there before me. So I have to be diligent. Diligent. That means I have to work hard at it. That means when something comes across and it's like, oh, I, that is, is that okay? Hmm. Let me use the light of God's word. I have to be diligent. You have to examine things daily, friends. Because we are being lulled into a system that is contrary and opposite of God. And if you and I are not diligent, we will fall prey. So that we have believers who think you can pray to anyone and call them whatever you want, and that's God. Rav Shul says in Romans 12:11, we should never be lacking, lagging behind in diligence but a glow in the spirit, enthusiastically serving the Lord. Another translation says, do not, let, do not slacken your faithfulness and hard work, diligence. Let your spirit be on fire, bubbling up and bubbling over as you serve the Lord. 
friends, to unplug and stay unplugged from the world system takes diligence. Watchfulness. You have to work hard at it. Or the next thing you know, again, we have to get a picture of this from Wally for Michael's message, but that movie, that animated movie, by the end, they're sitting in the chair, drinking, and being moved along and not doing a thing. They have been lulled into this life that is not real life. What are you investing your time and energy into? Rob Joel is telling us that diligence is needed in the area of our faith. Yes, we are saved by faith through the grace of Adonai, but we must be diligent to protect our faith by staying plugged into the truth and unplugged from the matrix of the world system. I'm going to just break this verse down a little bit more from Romans 12. I just looked at the, the Greek words here and gave just a little slight nuance to understand it. And when it says, don't be lagging, never lagging, or do not slack, it means people who hesitate or delay. Again, you're in that moment when someone is questioning you. And you're like, mm, and you hesitate. Again, I'm not saying you to to be mean to people, but you can speak the truth in love. Isn't that what Rob Shul tells us to do? To speak the truth in love. Sometimes as believers, we are hesitant or slow to do what needs to be done to maintain our connection to the truth. Sometimes we shrink back from the truth because of intimidation, which we're going to talk about in a minute. The other word about uh, uh, diligence means to uh, have intense effort and motivation. It describes a quality of genuine commitment, uh, being zealous and eager. And Rob Shul is telling us that we need to have a sense of urgency and a zeal to pursue, uh, pursue the truth. Meaning we will do whatever we have to do to break from the world system and to live our lives according to the world. And we will keep doing it over and over and over again because this world system is not going to control me. It is not going to tell me how to live my life. It will not, will not, will not. But I have to be diligent or I am lulled and I find myself watching something or hearing and, and, and it doesn't impact me. Friends, every time you see or hear something that is contrary to God's word, it should, it should upset you. Now, I grew up in a, my parents came to faith when I was six years old my, and, and my whole family. So I was in a home ec class in junior high school. I never, ever, ever, ever heard people curse, and definitely not anyone my age. So I'm at the sewing machine, and a girl, it, it, like two machines down, she uses a curse word. My mouth must have dropped down to the table, which is not bad enough, but she saw it. So now she goes to the friends, and, like, you know, and now I become the object 
of discussion because here's this kid who, who reacted like, oh, my goodness, how did she say that word? But I never, ever heard it, uh, a curse word said by a young person. I don't think even by older people. My, people, my parents didn't curse. Friends, that should be our reaction to the things in the world. But because we are bombarded, bombarded, bombarded with images, false reality, acceptance of things contrary to God's words, we watch it, we hear it, it's like, okay. No, 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 no. It's not okay, friends. It's not okay. It should bother you to the core of your being to see sin being promoted on the TV screen. It should bother you to the core of your being to see sin being promoted at your workplace. We should never become like, oh, that's just the way life is. No, 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 friends. That's not the way life is meant to be. That's not how God created us. He created us to be his followers. He created us to live in his truth and according to his principles. And it's time that we unplug from the matrix and that it bothers us. It bothers us to the point that we're going to do something about it. Trust me, again, we do watch TV later today. The Kansas City Chiefs are playing first today, just saying. If you into football, and Giants are later tonight. That game interests my husband more than me. We'll wa we watch TV. But I want to tell you how many times something comes on, even in a commercial, click. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see it. Click. TV show, or, you know, you try to watch something, and you look, it takes us 30 minutes to try to find a movie, 40 minutes. Okay, we finally find one. We're all there. We're going to watch it. We start it. Five minutes in. Click. We shouldn't accept it. Shouldn't indulge in it. And then fervent means to be full of energy, to be on fire with zeal and enthusiasm. It's a warning against settling into comfortable, shallow ruts in our spiritual lives. What are the shallow ruts you and I are settling into? Adonai wants us to get out of their, those ruts because many of them have been made by the matrix and get ourselves into the regular habit of being white hot for Yeshua. Not cold, not lukewarm. I can't drink cold water. I don't drink anything cold. Go straight to my sinuses. But I can't drink lukewarm either. You know what I'm saying? Lukewarm it just turns my stomach. It just is not, has to be room temperature, cannot be lukewarm. What does the Yeshua say in Revelation? Lukewarm, I'm going to do what? Spit you out of my mouth. And that has happened to me when I had water, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Number three, how can we unplug from the matrix? Persevere. Persevere. Don't give up, friends. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amplified says, let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing what is right. For in due time at the appointed season we will reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. <coughs> Persevere, don't give up. And this ties into being diligent. It's hard work. Again, sometimes I just, I, I just want to shut it off. I, just, I don't want to have to engage my mind. I don't 
But I don't have that luxury, and neither do you. We have to persevere to confront the evil that is encroaching on in our world today. Weariness is a real battle for us as believers. Daniel tells us that the job of Hasatan is to wear out the Kiddushim, the people of God. And it is hard to persevere, persevere in a world that has gone wry, in a world that is the opposite of who we are in Messiah Yeshua. But Adonai is encouraging you and I today, and he is right there with us. Don't give up. Persevere. Keep going on even in the face of opposition, even when it seems the matrix is getting stronger around you, even when it seems the world is falling apart around you and evil is being called good and good is being called evil and you know that you know that that is not true and you feel like you're the only voice of sanity at that moment and at that time. Everyone around you can be saying, oh, that's good. And you're looking and saying, no, that is evil. Friends, you have to persevere. You have to persevere in what is the truth. Don't shrink back. Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Rav Shaul says, this is why we do not lose courage. Though our out outer self is heading for decay, our inner self is being renewed daily. For our light and transient troubles, some translations say mom momentary, are achieving for us an eternal everlasting glory whose weight is beyond description. We concentrate not on what is seen, but on what is not seen, since things seen are temporary, but things that are not seen are eternal. Friend, it's all about eternity. When it comes down to it, and, and I think Michael said this, I don't know, it was last week, but in another message, <coughs> your purpose and plan is all tied to eternity. It's all tied to eternity. This world is not real. It's temporary. So we endure, we persevere, <coughs> knowing that there is eternity that awaits us. And we stand courageous, and we look to break away from the matrix and to be the light that shines in the darkness so we can take many others to eternity with us to heaven. You have to persevere. Don't give up. I know sometimes, again, it seems, again, the enemy wearing us down, wearing us down, wearing us down, bombarding us over and over again, and giving us the sense of hopelessness. Like, who are you, Carol? How are you going to change anything? You're only one person. But listen, if this one person stands up for truth, and that one person stands up for truth, and that one person, and that one person, and that one person, and that one person, and all of us, one person stand up for truth, guess what happens? We have a whole lot of one person standing up for truth. And truth will always, always prevail. But the enemy is good at isolating us and trying to get us to think, it's no good. Just live your life and do what you know is right and just ignore everything else in the world. No, I'm not going to do that. 
So Morpheus, who, who brought Neo out, his job was to rescue people from the matrix. That is my job. That is your job. To rescue people from the world system and bring them into the real system, which is the kingdom of God. So I'm going to persevere standing in the truth because I have many, many people who I want brought into the kingdom of God. Some of them are your family members and my family members. <coughs> so I'm not giving up. And our last thing, if we want to unplug from the matrix, is to stand up. Stand up. We do this first by standing up for the truth. When we look at the men and women of the Bible and the believers throughout the centuries since then, many of them made a stand even at the threat of their own lives. Just a few of them. Think of Daniel. Stop praying. He ain't going to stop praying. What happened to him? Thrown into the lion's den. You know our governments uh, of the world want to strip away our religious freedoms and liberties. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So you have to resolve now in the small things that you're going to stand up. And this is why also community is important, which is another message. But we need one another to stand up against the evil. So Daniel stood up. What about his three friends? Bow. Except my system, Nebuchadnezzar is saying. No. We're not going to bend. We're not going to bow. You can do to us whatever you want. Okay, we'll throw you into the furnace. Good news, one like the Son of Man, hallelujah, was in that furnace with them. We're never, ever alone, friends. Think about Stephen in the New Covenant. Martyr, the first martyr, because he stood up for Yeshua. These people stood up for truth and for God when it was not popular. And yes, there was con a consequence to this. And yes, standing up for truth and for God may mean we are persecuted and more. But friends, we cannot afford to acquiesce to the system of this world. It is God and his word alone that will endure forever. And what the world needs now is not a new politician or a program. It needs God. As one speaker wrote, the Bible is the only thing that changes lives today. Do you understand that? Not any law they're going to enact. Not a, none of those are going to change the core of somebody from the inside out. It is the Bible. It's a relationship with God. And we have to stand up for truth, and we also have to stand up against evil. We cannot be intimidated because our society is accepting evil as good. We cannot be bullied into being silent because they accuse us of being narrow-minded or saying we hate people because we refuse to accept their lifestyle and behavior that are contrary to the word of God. We know that hating sin and standing against it is the greatest act of love we can show people in this world system. But you know you're bullied. You know the system bullies us. Oh, you don't love people if you don't accept. This is how God made them. No, God didn't make them that way. God created male and female. Just saying. No, no problem knowing which was which. You know what I'm saying? 
And because I believe that does not mean that I hate anyone. Does not mean I hate anyone. I hate the evil that has pervaded the world. I hate the evil that has infiltrated this generation, making them think that God is bad and that God hates them. No, God does not hate anyone. God is love. He can never, ever hate. And so we are bullied, though, and made to think we cannot share what we believe because people define who we are because of our beliefs. You can't tell me who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I am not bigoted. I am not hateful. Yes, I stand against sin, whether it's in my family or in the world. Sin is sin. But I love people. I love people. I don't care what they do. I love people. And so does God. It says, while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his love for mankind by sending Yeshua the Messiah. But the world will bully us so that we won't stand up against evil. Just go to your little synagogue and do your thing there and don't bother us. But soon they're not even going to want us together in our own synagogue, right? You understand that. You know where things are going. No, we're not going to stay in the synagogue. We're going into the darkness. We're going to penetrate the darkness. We're going to stand up against that evil. and We're going to be that light that shines to bring people out of that system into the kingdom of God. Don't let people intimidate you. Don't let people bully you. We need to stand against evil and stand up for truth. Friends, we are battling for the souls of men and women, for our family members and our loved ones. We have to choose to live our lives by the principles of the Bible and the character of God, and we must be diligent and persevere no matter what comes our way. Friends, it's time we unplug from the matrix of this world and replug ourselves into the truth of the Bible and of God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. And Michael's going to wrap this message series up next week by talking about being in God, in Messiah. Remember as we do this that our battle, Ephesians 6, 12 tells us, is not against flesh and blood. I'm not mad at the people who tell me you're narrow-minded who tell me, oh, you hate me because you don't like what I do. No, I'm not mad at them. What did Yeshua say? They don't know what they're doing. They're in control. They're controlled by the world system. I'm not mad at them. I'm going to keep speaking the truth in love. They can count on me. I'm not going to turn my back on them. I'm going to speak the truth in love, though. I'm not going to just accept this world system, and neither should you, friends. Let's unplug from the matrix and plug into the truth of God's word. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to close here with the ironic benediction. Then I'm going to ask Adeline and my husband to come forward as we uh, open up the time for ministry. If you would like to uh, receive prayer for any need that you have, we are here to pray, uh, pray for you. But I want to give opportunity first before I uh, recite the Aaronic benediction. If you do not 
know Yeshua, if you have not connected or come into the kingdom of light, or maybe you once were, but you walked away because you were pulled by the matrix, the world system, well, God has brought you here today so that you can unplug. And the first step to that is accepting Yeshua, choosing the truth. The truth is that you are a sinner and you can do nothing to save yourself. The truth is Yeshua died for you. He gave his life on the tree of sacrifice so your sins could be atoned for. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. It's going to be a simple prayer, but it's going to be a prayer that will forever change your life. If you mean it and as you walk in the truth of what you're praying. So I'm going to ask our congregation here to pray this. If you pray this prayer and you're here today, in service, in, the, in person, come talk to me or my husband. If you're online, send me a message. You can message me through the YouTube or Facebook channel. I will see those messages. So let's pray this prayer together. Beth Emanuel, pray with me. Father God, thank you for loving me and bringing me here to hear this message. I know I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I accept Yeshua and his death on the tree of sacrifice to atone for my sins. Cleanse me and make me whole. Amen. Amen. So we're going to close with the ironic benediction. And again, Rabbi Michael is going to come down, right, to join me. And Adeline definitely will. And uh, for those who are in the Purim play, after service, you go up and eat your lunch that you brought, and then we'll be meeting back down here for our practice. Let's do the blessing. May Adonai bless you and keep you. Ya'er Adonai panaveleka. Vikuneka, may Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you peace. May you walk in the peace of God Almighty. May you stand up for truth. In Yeshua's name, amen. God bless you. Shabbat shalom. And if you want prayer, come on down. We'll be praying.